welcome to a very special episode of Between Sermons, where we are continuing the conversation from the weekend. But this weekend was, it was a wild weekend because it was our first love conference uh, here at our church. And uh, what that means is basically we've got uh, Friday night service, Saturday morning service, Saturday night service, Sunday morning service, Sunday night service. Uh, and so we just got a lot of stuff to talk about. And mm-hmm. so to help me do that today, instead of one guest, we have two. So we've got the one and only Pastor Carlton McCarthy <laughs> and the ever uh, beautiful and lovely Aww. Tiffany Hines. Thank you. The actual, the only professional uh, at the table. No. Uh, she's been doing <laughs> podcasting for a lot longer than we have. No. So we're just going to defer to Tiff and, and see, you know, how to, how to make this thing work. This is going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I think I our so. humor and just what it's all about in the word, it's going to be a good time. So. And, and there is, just so everybody knows, there is a danger in recording this podcast right now because it is currently Monday morning. Yes. Uh, after Ooh. that three-day uh, <laughs> marathon of services. So there was a lot of coffee being drunk this morning. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll kind of see. If, if we Exhausted. stop making sense, just... Uh, yeah. Yeah. just Your eyes are a little red. Are they? No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so... I, what I would love to be able to do today is just kind of talk through highlights of the weekend, the messages that kind of spoke to you, what it, what it, what kind of impact it had on you, and and what you're going to do as a result of it. But before we get into that, like, what is First Love Conference for you guys? So for me, when you were just saying all the different days, it kind of reminded me about the first church that I grew up in, and it was like sunday school and then service and then night service and then tuesday bible study and then thursday like it was like four days a week Mm -hmm. um but this is like way more modern (laughs) and way more intentional um of us like gathering together to really really focus in on yeah yeah, like a revived kind of fired heart again for the lord so yeah yeah Yeah, I, i think you know to your point it reminded me of revival back in the day in church, <laughs> when you're in church, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then all day Sunday. Yeah. Um, but so it, it brought back that kind of nostalgia for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first love is just getting a fresh take on the word of God, because we get awesome speakers that come in and mm-hmm. they do such an amazing job. And it's not that I'm getting used to our, you know, teaching team here. You're getting bored of me? But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Well, you're on that teaching team too, so. <clears throat> yeah, I know I'm bored of myself. <laughs> you bored yourself? Yeah. But just to get a fresh perspective on the word of God for yeah. us and at the start of the year, it kind of like just sets the tone for the rest of the year. And yeah. I think it's great. Yeah, yeah no, I, I love I love that First Love becomes the reset for the year. Like we do it in yeah. January, which is probably a horrible idea in the sense of we're in Chicago. And so January is. <laughs> Can we talk about the weather this it was weekend? Be- we had 40 yeah, degrees. And a little bit of rain compared to last year. We I had mean, an ice storm. <laughs> we had. 40s. Was it last year? Or the year before that, like literally Sunday morning was a blizzard. It was yeah, the like year we before. couldn't even. Yeah. We couldn't even get in. Right. So it's this craziness. weekend, I was, was just fantastic. like, "Thank you, Lord." The week, the weather was great. <laughs> but uh, but I I do love that it's you know starting off the year. We've got all the distractions of Christmas and yeah. all of that stuff and. I don't know. It's just everybody's making New Year's resolutions and deciding they're going to do things differently. And so we, we start off January with, hey, let's it's almost like we're saying, we're, hey, we're going to tithe our year uh, yeah. to God. Yeah. We're going we're to yeah. give him the first fruits of this year. And then we just we just go to church and we like our worship set is almost doubled from from like a normal Sunday morning and mm-hmm. in, in length and mm-hmm. content. And then, you know, you just you just let these preachers go. Yeah. Like a Friday night, he asked me beforehand, John Bevere asked me, he's like, so how, how much time? I'm like, look, 
whatever amount of time you want to take is fine. We're, we're not regimented on a service like this. Our people are used to 35, 45 minutes. And he said, okay, perfect. I'll hit that. And then he went for an hour and 15, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, and nobody's mad at him. Like, no. it's like, no, no not at all. Nobody's didn't even getting up early. Like no, nah, not at all. Right. Um, so it, it was, it was pretty awesome. And so, yeah, I just, I love that first love is just, we're saying, God, you're the most important thing. Uh, yeah. you're our yeah. first love. And so, um, obviously if you, if you listen to my message, we take the, the series from, uh, revelation chapter two, uh, verse two through four, we're talking to Ephesus that mm-hmm. they did a bunch of great things, yep. but they left their first love. Right. Like they they were just going through the motions. And I think a lot of times, uh, even as Christians, even as pastors, we, we can kind of end up just going through the motions, uh, and, Absolutely. and forgetting the, the heart behind mm-hmm. why we're doing what we're yeah. doing. And so I think it's just, yeah, I love first love. It's, it's favorite thing that we do as a church. Yep. Absolutely. I like at the movies, but first love is, is yeah, better. At the movies is pretty awesome. I like I like movies, but I like <laughs> Jesus more. So, <laughs> all right, so let's let's dive in. So Friday night, uh, we kicked off with uh, John Bevere. Uh, obviously, he was a, a huge draw for the community yeah. around here. Um, has written some incredible books. Uh, his message on Friday night was was basically um, what like three chapters out of the book All yeah. of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, highly recommend. Amazing, amazing content. I was. I was telling my wife that uh, I got to hear John a lot. We we were uh, based out of the same church for a while. Uh, I was an intern. That was just his home church. So we used him a lot for mm-hmm. men's meetings and conferences mm-hmm. and different things. So I heard him a lot. But I honestly, I think Friday night was the best I'd ever heard John. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. it was just, it was like peak. It was on the drive home. My wife and I were just talking. I was like, it felt like this is the message he was born yeah. Uh, to preach like yep. it was like mm-hmm. everything that he taught was just a culmination of like little pieces of this and this and this from from his entire life but um, yeah yeah I so agree. What, 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 how, how did you feel Friday night I've been thinking about what you said um, over the past few weeks about John because mm-hmm. he's been so passionate you can tell about you can tell that in his book and it's almost like God is like this is your call like bring the yeah. church to a place of awe of God yeah. and like, don't leave there. Yep. <laughs> like, right, right. Get them, you know, to yep. understand and just stay there. And so I totally agree. And yeah, yeah. I went into it knowing that I, I didn't grow up listening to John um, recently. I, I really listened to him the first time on Tim Ross's podcast. Okay. But the way it was like wrecking my heart, <laughs> I'm like, whoa, I need to get yeah. this book. And I just that's how I started getting introduced to him. So I knew going in excited, like I'm I'm looking forward to being continued to be wrecked. And I want our church also to experience this sobering experience, like with the Lord and his holiness. So, yeah, Yeah, it's funny that we both listened to that podcast and then we both got the book. Yeah. And we both read the book. Didn't know. Didn't know. Didn't even know. And then we talked about it. And you office together. Your your desks are like just a few feet away. Yeah. And then we said, wouldn't it be cool if John Bevere was here? And then we reached out and he was available. Yeah. And like, like this is unheard of. Like this is impossible. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, I don't even think you guys know how wild that was. Cause like he told me, his assistant told me, he's like, yeah, we, we really don't go to new places. Yeah. He's like, we just go to the same places, but for some reason we just saw your invitation. We're like, Let's the, do it. The book was so good that we just took a shot in the dark and was like, let's let's reach out and see. And then bam, there it was. Yeah. 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 So that, that was pretty cool. But um so his message, what what did it what was like the highlight for you, um, Carlton? We'll, yeah. we'll kick off with you. Like, what was that moment that you're like, this is what I needed? 
Yeah, I, I think when he really talked through your behavior befitting your position yeah, yeah. and your mm -hmm. position, holiness, um, and in the manifestation of Jesus's presence yeah. in my life. And it's like, I, you know, we think about our behavior as Christians, um, you know, striving for holiness, mm -hmm. being righteous, but putting that together to my position in Jesus's presence, it's like it. It's, it's like a awe moment, like, you know, like his book says. Yeah. And it's like, do I really have a reverence, a, a, a fear yeah, yeah. of God? You know, we love Jesus, but is the fear there where yeah. it changes my behavior? It yeah. changes how I work, how I act, how I parent, how I'm a spouse, yep. you know, the whole nine. And it's like, if Jesus is with me and I want to dwell in his presence, is my behavior befitting my position? Yeah. Yeah. to him and I, yeah. I just think that was awesome I, I love so I love the analogy he, he tied it into his marriage and he tied a mm -hmm. lot of things back to yep. marriage but it was like like the the position mm -hmm. of she's my my bride mm -hmm. I'm her husband that position is it's it's separate from the behavior yeah. yeah like now I need to behave in a matter right fitting I don't have to keep waving the marriage certificate in front of her saying <laughs> hey we're married we're married no right. I, now right. I need to behave right uh, in a way that's honoring the position that I'm that I'm holding and right. I thought that that was that was brilliant yeah, to me absolutely yeah. yeah I would say for me um it was two things but I'll keep it brief to one <laughs> um was when he was saying and I'm paraphrasing that um Jesus or, or God will not like reside in a into like a place or in a body that is just he didn't use the word holy but that's what he was saying like he's just He's so holy that he's not going to just put himself, you know, in in a place that one, he's not feared and he's not seen as holy. Yeah. And so it was that constant thing of reflecting back, okay, where are the areas in my life that I just have not feared and reverenced God? And yeah. he made the two known more um reference and fear even more, I think more in his book, but where are the areas that like I'm loving Jesus, like he mentioned about the guy in prison or the pastor that was in prison, but I'm not fearing him and that yeah. behavioral Man, thing. Man, that, so, that story right there. So I've, I've heard him tell the story. So it's, it's can I say it on the podcast? It's Jim Baker. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's, yeah. that, that's who mm -hmm. it is. So anyways, the, the story, like I had heard it before, but uh, for some reason Friday night, man, it just hit me so hard. Yeah. This idea of Jim, when did you stop loving Jesus? And yeah. you know, you're having an affair, you're stealing money from people, mm -hmm. you're in prison for this. When did you stop loving Jesus? And he's like, never. Like right. I didn't, I didn't right. all through that. I love mm -hmm. Jesus, and like I, I would have probably had the same reaction John had. Like mm -hmm. whatever, yeah. dude. Like <laughs> idiot. Uh, but no, it was it was genuine. Like he, mm -hmm. he's like, no, I I love Jesus through all of it. I lost my fear of him. Right. And it's like, oh, man. Yeah, and yeah. because I think we separate loving Jesus from our lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like we, we love Jesus. I mean, we yeah. love the socks off of Jesus. But how does that affect how I live? Yep. Like, right. I think we have the understanding of who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And so we, we, it's easy for us to put Jesus on the throne that he's on and understand that we love Jesus because he loves us. Yeah. But the connection to our behavior yeah. on earth, it's like, I, I, you know this, but it's like an epiphany happens to you. Yeah. Like, okay, well, yeah. what music am I listening to? Yeah. What shows am I watching? How's, how are my conversations? Yeah. How are my relationships? Yeah. It's like something just hits you like, wait a minute. It's one thing to love Jesus, but then to have that reverence for him. 
to yeah. fear him in my mm-hmm. life. Yeah, we've, we've lost the awe yeah. of God. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that part of him saying that, I feel like that's the alignment with calling, like his assignment that God has him on, because he said what that, what Jim said, Jim Baker, that they are thousands of Americans that love Jesus. And it was kind of like, if you were in the room, you're thinking about how many people say all the time, no, I love God, I love God, I love God. But the issue is that you don't fear him and you can't fear someone that's not Lord. And so it was just this kind of like, yes, we need this like as a a body um, in America, period. So yeah. Lots of yeah, that, no, that that <laughs> message for me was like, th- this is what's missing, I think, in in popular Christianity that uh, and he, he laid it out that there's two ditches uh, that we've ended up yeah. in. And it's uh, so on the side of holiness, like there was this what was it, in the 70s, like the, the real holiness movement. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of created this legalistic legalism with it. And and so like we fell into this ditch of all the rules and, and the craziness with it. And so then a generation came in. And it's like, man, I don't feel like Jesus is my homeboy. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's not he's not, you know, the whipping me all movement. the time. Yeah. Right. So it's the Jesus of my homeboy movement. And so we, we climbed out of the ditch of like this over uh, emphasis on holiness. And we fell into this other ditch of lawlessness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, no, we, we have the love of God and the fear of God becomes the guardrails right. Uh, right. that really map out the path that we're supposed to be on. And if we veer too much into lawlessness, clearly we're mm-hmm. we're not following the commands. If you love me, obey my commandments. And yeah. we're just saying, well, I don't have to obey anything because I love him. And, right. and he, right. he already forgave me. And so I can I can do what I want and it'll be fine. And so we, we veer off the wrong way that way or we veer off into the, the holiness thing, which I think is where. Uh, even just the theme of first love comes back into play because it's yeah. it's like the the church in, in Ephesus, they were. Uh, they were uh, doing good works. Mm-hmm. They were um, calling out false teachers, which, I mean, that that's like a New Testament theme over and over right. again. Right. And so they're doing all of this stuff, but they don't actually love the person that they're doing it for. Right. right. Uh, and so it's just, man, we can, we can get in this trap where we fall on either side. I would say that in 2024, the trap we're falling into is the lawlessness side, though. That, that's yeah. the ditch that we're ending up in. And so I love that John comes in with this message about holiness and the the love of god being uh the guardrails because mm-hmm. I, th- I think it does help us get back on track right yeah i think we love homeboy jesus yeah jesus like, my homeboy yeah <laughs> jesus is our, our homeboy or our he, friend he, our yeah. friend so yeah yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and it gets too close in a weird way that yeah. we lose reverence for him you yeah. know we lose the understanding of his majesty and his power yeah. and what it means for him to allow us to be in his presence yeah yeah yeah, yeah so it, uh, John said something. He, he said, you don't love God until you fear him. How did that hit you? Because when, when he said that, I was like, oof, I need, <laughs> I, need to, I, need to, I need to work on that one. Yeah, I mean, what, it changes your definition of what love is, yeah. um, you mm-hmm. know, because to fear God changes your behavior, which connects with love because love is an action. It's a, it's a verb. Yeah. And it's like, so we say that we love God as a way of, describing an emotion or feeling, but you don't love God unless you fear him, says that your love needs to be in action to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, part of the New Testament is that Jesus came to demonstrate ultimate love and sacrifice by dying for our sins. And we have to reflect that same action of love back to Jesus with a behavior of holiness. Yeah. So yeah. 
now go, really and, now go and do likewise. Right, like, absolutely. Jesus is like, I, I picked up my cross. <clears throat> I laid down my life. Absolutely. So yeah. follow me. So when I think about, and I'm just break, looking back, like if you're a first-time believer, and so if someone confesses and believes in their heart that Jesus is Lord, they're saved. Now, are they automatically in love with Jesus? I would say no, because mm-hmm. they don't know him right. yeah. just yet. And so once you get to know him, then you understand that he's like Lord, and then you see his holiness. Yeah. Then like that, so I understood of him saying, um, you you don't if you don't fear him, then you don't know him, which means you don't know like how holy yeah. he is. And yeah. so something that he said in his book, and this is these constant revelations to get you through like stop making God so basic, um, was when he said in his book, like if you notice, the angels aren't saying lovely 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 loving yeah, loving yeah. loving father 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 yeah. like they're saying holy holy holy, holy, holy. Yeah, yeah. and so it's just that thing of like stop making him so basic but like learning to love god yeah. is knowing him and when you know him you see how holy he is and then you fear him and yeah. you get to experience loving him as he loved yeah. you so man and it, it can be a, a hard path to walk understanding that god is approachable but mm-hmm. he's still God. Yeah. He's still the creator right. of heaven and earth, life and death. Like all of it is the power in his hands. And so like there needs to be a reverence for, yeah. look, this is, this is God almighty. I mean, every single, I love that John walked through the people that had encounters with the living God uh, and fell down as if dead, uh, mm-hmm. you know, had to hide their faces, was like, I can only show you a piece of me. Like it just throughout scripture, old into the new Testament, yeah. it's like, whoa like yeah. The, when yeah. you come face to face with god this is a awe-inspiring moment and yet we turn it into uh yeah you know, uh, i can just i can be holding on to my sin and hanging out with jesus yeah. at the same time i was gonna say that like it's so difficult because he invites this closeness of relationship with him <laughs> that you want to have with god but then like what you can't do is forget his holiness and 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 who he is and and sometimes in a relationship with Jesus, we we invite him into our life instead of inviting our life into him, yeah. changing yeah. our life to be in his presence. And we, we get, at least I get stuck with having Jesus roll with me instead of me <laughs> rolling with Jesus. That's yeah. it right there. Mm-hmm. That's huge. So I think another part, and so <clears throat> why his book have, had been already wrecking me with fear and like with him and being in awe, because I kept thinking through all these times of like, so I've been a devout, this is my decision, Christian since I was 13, it's like, this is not my mom's religion, this is sure. this is my decision. And with that closeness and getting to know him, all those things, that familiarity yeah. came. And so the, the, the amount of times that I have used that, like I know God enough to do what I wanna do and I'll mm. come back. Or like blatantly, like if, if I'm hurt by God, that I mean, in college, every time I was so hurt, I'm like, I know God doesn't like this. So I'm going to do this anyway. Like God could have literally I just, just I could have just right? dropped yes. it, you know. And I was leading worship in college at the same time. And not because I was just out here just living really widely, but still, still like that's still wild. I, I just know that I, I, I wouldn't go up for prayer. I didn't want to do anything because I was hurt. I was confused. It was yeah. my first time kind of being confronted with what I had grew up knowing about God. 
and actually what biblically, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. So I was just like, well, do I believe in Jesus? This is very. And so thinking about all those times post-college, even that I'm just going to on purpose, knowingly in my mind, do what I want to do. Um, it's like, man, I'm so yeah. sorry. I'm so yeah. sorry that I have not, that I've treated our relationship like a friend yeah, and yeah. not like, uh, like God. Yeah. And so, and, and he does invite us to both, right? Like, so, so we, we read that we can come boldly before the throne of grace. Yeah. Like, there is a familiarity that's okay. Like there is a level of, yes, we have this intimate personal yeah. relationship. He ripped the veil. I can skip one in. Right? <laughs> like we, we do get to enter song? into his presence. Uh, yeah, we, we're going to sing that at CLC. <laughs> That's, no, don't. Um, but uh, like, so there is this openness to it, but there still has to be this reverence. And that's, man, it's like two sides of the same coin. It's those guardrails on, on both sides of the path. And, and that's why, you know, it says that the, the path is narrow. Like right. It, this isn't this is an easy thing to do. Right. Mm -hmm. But navigating the complexities of this of this relationship with God makes us have more of a, of a relationship with Him. Yeah. It gives mm -hmm. us, it gets us closer to Him. When when you first get married, you don't know everything about each other. Yeah. So navigating the complexities of the relationship brings a deeper closeness yeah. to each other, and that's what makes it great. As complex as it is, you want the complexity because. Yep you get more of Jesus. He reveals more of himself yep. to you so that we can understand that he's not just sitting back wanting us to get revelation from him without him coming towards us yeah. and giving us that revelation. And, yeah. and that's the, the beautiful part of it yeah. is that the journey and the closeness and deepness and relationship we have in Jesus just makes us better. Man, I, I love it. We, we could talk about John's message probably this yeah, entire absolutely. podcast, but uh, we, we got three other services to go through. Uh, so, so real quick, uh, Saturday morning uh, was was me preaching. Uh, so uh, we can skip that. How good was I? No um, tell me, tell me all the things I know. Gas me up. Gas me up. Just make me feel good about myself. <laughs> um, but can I just say, man, for the record. Uh, preaching between John Bevere and Nona Jones. Yo, like I man. felt like, like, I'm, <laughs> like, sorry, I, I apologize in advance. Like I just, yeah. but, um, I, I think that, that God gave uh, me a message that the church needed to hear. And so, so I feel, I feel good about that. But, um, you know, we, we really basically just broke down this idea of what happened to this church in Ephesus. And if we compare, uh, what John writes in Revelation to what Paul writes uh, in Ephesians. And, uh, you know, for the record, we don't know for a matter of fact that it's the same church, but we do yeah. know it's referencing a same region of people, right. same mm -hmm. group of people, the same city. So it's, you know, if if Paul is addressing the churches in Tinley Park and John's re referencing the churches in Tinley Park, they're like, oh, yeah, it's about CLC. Right. Like there's <laughs> other churches around here, but it's still yeah. it, it affects mm -hmm. the us mm -hmm. as, a, as a people, as a group. And so. Uh, and it was just amazing to me. I literally just had that thought while we were in mm -hmm. corporate prayer. And it was like, I've never thought to connect these two writings right. before. So mm -hmm. let me see what it does. And six chapters in Ephesians, six clear moments where where Paul is basically talking to them about how they should love God, how they should love each other as a result, how much God loves them. And it's just like all of it is about love in some way. Uh, and then John's like, yeah, you, you lost, you lost that thing. Mm -hmm. And so, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So what, what stood out to you, uh, in that message? Yeah. Um, you know, we, we talked about this a little bit when, when you were planning the sermon mm -hmm. and, um, it, it hit me again when you were going through it 
it's like I got so excited to get to the point to repent about falling away from my love of Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. that usually that's the end for me and it's like i've repented you know i have remorse it was our altar call moment right that should signify the end of a sermon so it's a moment of remorse i'm like wow god i'm sorry that i have fallen away from you that i've lost touch with the love that i should have for Mm -hmm. you and then after the altar call moment it's like wait a minute there's more i can't just stop here because if i stopped here i will be coming back to this place yep. mm-hmm. again and yep. again and again mm-hmm. yeah so what do i need to do to make sure that my life is straight and my love for jesus yeah. is there that i don't, ha- don't have to come back to this place of remorse right and so that's when you talk through anchoring myself yeah with jesus and you drop the anchor on the stage and it's like yeah that's the moment for me that i know that jesus has to be the foundation yeah. of mm-hmm. even the love I've, I have for him. Yeah. So I don't come back to this place of yeah. remorse that I've lost love for him. Yeah, and, and we do that all the time where we'll we'll address a symptom without actually yep. doing anything about the cause mm-hmm. of it. And I think when I was when I was putting together the message, that was that was the issue it was like we're, we're dealing with this it's really the symptom. Drift yeah. is drift is not the problem. Drift is the symptom of mm-hmm. of not being anchored, not being rooted. Yeah. So drift happens like you can't you yeah. can't stop it unless right. you get an anchor and and then mm-hmm. you know it really is, does come down to just being connected to the anchor because yeah. you know scripture lays out jesus is our anchor it's, it's our, technically it's our hope in jesus that is the anchor of right. our souls it's literally what scripture says but an anchor doesn't do any good if it's not tied to something right, right. and so mm-hmm. we have to tie our lives to this hope that we have in jesus yeah. and so yeah yeah. Did he leave you anything to say? I feel like no, but I did <laughs> want <you>. to say <laughs> you're welcome. But I did want to say kudos. Like Brent, you said it was hard going in between John and Nona, but I love that our church really, really gave you flowers Saturday man, morning. Man, that was crazy. And so I know I'm like, because made me cry? so uncomfortable. I know he was so. <laughs> like, um, and so I, it, it was. It was very emotional. Yeah. It was. It was. And so, for people who may be listening and not know, Brent and Soul are the lead pastors. Like officially, <clears throat> it'll be a year. Yeah, it's one and year. So last last night uh, marks the the one yeah. year the, the right. close of the conference. And yeah. so it just was this full circle of what God has been doing for so many years, yeah. and now what He's done, and to see our church. Just love on you like that to me. Yeah. I hope yeah. that that just left an impression. Oh, it you know, absolutely that you did. Are loved yep. and You've people been accepted. like and accepted, <laughs> and people just kept talking yeah. about the message yeah. and how God was like um, really showing them themselves and how to be, you know, anchored. And yeah. so I, I wanted you to know. I, I could, I could see you. He's like laughing nervously. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like, uh, All right, I'm let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> No, but that that's absolutely my personality. But I will say, you know, for, for anybody listening that was a part of that moment, like, thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. It really did uh, speak volumes. It really did. Yes, I was embarrassed. Yes, I was like, please stop. <laughs> Literally, please stop. I know. Uh, like, I do not want this right now. Uh, but genuinely, it did. It, it meant the world. And mm-hmm. I'll, I'll even admit that I was, I, I think I was driving home later that day or the next day because I don't even remember if I actually got to go home on Saturday I don't think I did I think I stayed (laughs) at the church the whole day uh but whenever I was in my car next I was driving and for some reason that moment like it it replayed in my head and I had a big old smile on my face driving (laughs) in my car I was just like oh they love me they really love me (laughs) like it was just it was such a special moment but but yeah I, I really do feel like um 
my my message for people is read your Bible. And it's yeah. such a it's such a simple message. But I think we get so and we were talking about this earlier that there's kind of a little bit of like conference groupies that happen where it's like they just kind of travel from from one conference yep. to the next, yeah. just chasing after the big speaker and the big preacher. And it's like, man, I, and I don't even think I said it in the message it was in my notes, but, you know, you always forget half the things that you're supposed to say. But, um, <laughs> you know, you don't need a, a pastor or a conference as much as you need a, a connection to the Bible. Right? Yeah, like you right. you need because what happens is. If you are not, um, if, if the only place you're getting scripture is uh, at service on Sunday, mm -hmm. then you are absolutely 100% going to drift between Sundays. Yeah. Like yeah. you, you need the, the anchor only works if you're tied to it. And if the Bible is dusty, you're not tied to the anchor. Right. And when you read the word, it comes alive to you. It comes alive yeah. in this, whatever you're going through in your life at the moment, the Holy Spirit reveals things to you. You can read the same verse again and again and Man. again, and you'll get new revelation. And it's like, it's encouraging, it's exciting, it's contagious. Like you wanna just keep reading and keep diving into it because it's the word of God and he's speaking mm -hmm. to your life through his word. And it's like, every time I open up the Bible, and I get a revelation, I'm like, is there a sermon on this? Because <laughs> it's like, this is so yeah. good. Mm -hmm. I've yeah. done that so many times. I'll read something and I'll immediately go to YouTube and just do a yeah, sermon like, with that verse. And like, I'm like, I need to hear somebody's <laughs> explanation of this. Yeah. yeah, that's good. So question for you guys. So because wanting people to really go to their Bible, say for people that kind of are conference groupies or only like listen or, or listen and read the Bible on Sundays, um, what is something that someone can apply? Because a lot of times, well, I don't comprehend you yeah, know, yeah. the Bible. So when it's broken down to me from a pastor or from who at a podcast, whatever yeah, it yeah. is, then I can understand it. So from that Sunday until that next Sunday, how can someone who's having a hard time understanding it on their own be yeah. able to start to take it in? And Yeah, you know? well, I, I think one thing that, that they can do, and, and I do this a lot too, is that when I listen to a sermon that's covering a topic or a story or a character in the Bible, then I'll, I'll read that entire chapter or that book or yeah. whatever area of the Bible that they're talking about. I'll read it, and then I'll watch the sermon again to see how they apply the concepts of what I'm reading yeah. in their message. And so I can start to see how they pull the revelation from the Word by listening to their message. Mm -hmm. And if you do that time and time again, you'll get practice seeing yeah. revelation in the word because someone has basically done it for you. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. if you connect the sermon to the book, you know, to, to, to the Bible where they're getting their information from, then you can start to connect the two. And now when you read it on your own, something happens inside of you. It's not necessarily like a template or anything, yeah. mm -hmm. but you'll start to catch that same revelation so and it just, it just takes practice yeah and it's funny because i i actually try and help people do that in my sermon mm -hmm. so like a, a lot of times if, if you if you notice i'll um teaching TV. i'll, I'll well yeah i'll do that but i'll reference like a, a story or a, a verse or something and i'll say hey uh read this this week like go through mm -hmm. this yeah. this week mm -hmm. so like even on uh saturday morning's message like I talked about uh, Ephesians four and how it's this blueprint for how we're supposed to live our lives. I didn't give them like anything. It's a verse one that basically says, right, right. "Here's the blueprint." 
Uh, but it's it's literally it was like verses one through three and then four through seven or five through seven. And then it was there was like I think it was a total of 20 something verses mm -hmm. that directly say, don't do this, do this, live this mm -hmm. way, don't live this way. And so like giving that to people as homework in that moment, it is the OK, this is this is what you should be doing. It's also right. I think maybe it was a sermon I preached a couple of weeks ago uh, that I told people like, Hey, you need to be taking notes when there's a preacher preaching yeah. mm -hmm. uh, so that you can go back to it. I love Dan Leanne on Sunday mornings at the same thing. And yeah. I love his stats, you know, yeah, I 300%, love the, the, uh, 82% the made up in the moment. You do where you have the teaching TV and you go through a verse and you point out the subject, you, yeah, yeah. you, you point out the, the, the topic or tone that yeah. we should be paying attention to. And so now when I go back and read my Bible, I can start seeing some of these things, transitional words, yep. you know, some things that Jesus is emphasizing in his yep. in his message. And so like that really helps me be able to say, hey, I can I'm familiar with how this flows. Yep. So yeah. it brings revelation to yeah. me. And then when you're reading something in your Bible and it, it doesn't make sense, or you don't understand it, highlight it, write a little note on the side, yeah. you know find another translation, go to YouTube, be like, I do not understand John chapter one, verse four. Mm -hmm. uh, right. And so just type into YouTube, John chapter one, verse four meaning, or, you know, something like that. And you, you'll find tons of content and, and things. Yep. But um, yeah, the only thing I would add is uh, if you're not understanding what you're reading, you're probably reading a bad translation for you. Like mm -hmm. not that it's a bad translation, sure. this is a bad right. translation for you. Yeah. Uh, and so if you keep reading the new King James version and you're like, I just don't understand the Bible. Mm -hmm. like, well, you know, it's, Probably not the right translation. That ERV. Get that ERV. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, and yeah, and I'm I'm uh, I'm an ESV junkie. I love the ESV. It's it's poetic. It's beautiful. It's accurate. I love it. But there are times when I'll read something in the ESV, uh, which is the English Standard Version, which is a little bit more um, I don't know complicated to, mm -hmm. to read. And as a pastor doing this for you know twenty something years, I'm like I have no idea what that meant. <laughs> and so I'll flip over to my ERV, my easy to read version, and, uh, and flip like, that oh, over. I'm like, oh, that's what that. Oh, okay, I get that now. Uh, and so grab a translation that that you can follow along with, and uh, yeah, you should be you should be good. Cool. All right, Nona Jones. We're gonna since he stole all the good stuff. Mm. Uh, the wow. Last one, Nona. What was what was that one like? I for got you? something to say. No, I'm just joking. Oh, go ahead. You can. No, you no. can. You're, you're second place. Second place. Ooh, Nona. So, I would say Nona was a a big highlight for me for since we're just talking casually. So, um, also someone else that I recently um started to kind of like follow on Instagram. And so when I went to her website and I'm seeing all these different things and lanes that this woman has done and is doing, doing it all. like, and a mom and a wife, like, and it's just remarkable. Yeah. Like, who is this woman? And um, to see her display God's word, like, I love fashion and I, lo I, I love a good makeup <laughs> beat, you know, if you know what that means, but just... All Not those a clear things. word, guys. Right. Don't, don't but just, that. you know, your makeup's looking good. You're coming out the house looking. I, I love that. Her fit was fire, as uh, my 11 uh, year old said this yesterday. He said that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. She, she really came like as herself, you know? And to see that, one, it was very encouraging to see um, someone as a Christian, as a woman who was called to many different areas. Yeah. And all that, but she did not like lose like the Bible yeah. in it. And so yeah. sometimes that kind of happens like where you want to be relevant yep. and it's not even always on purpose, but 
it can get kind of lost. And I think yeah. like what our conference want, we wanted people to walk away knowing God and not so much like being empowered. Yeah, yeah. And so I appreciated that um, about her and her like even reading um, Second Chronicles. What was that chapter five? Somewhere in there, I forget though. It was like one reference. through eighteen. It's a- King Asa's uh, story, yeah. Yeah, and so being able, it, it just made me so hungry yeah. to continue to read and um, see how King Asa, um, how his how his character was, and how even um, I can't even think of the people, but they were so passionate about the Lord yeah. and pleasing God and giving like their very best and again it's like how do i know god better and how to come to him holy and so it just i personally i appreciate it on so many different levels that and so i'm like i I just want to encourage men and encourage also women young older but just like if god is calling you to different spaces um whether it's like full-time ministry within a church or full-time ministry within the marketplace because it's all ministry, but it's just like be that. Yeah. Like it's 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 out there in many, many different um as many different examples. So Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna leave that there with no, no I, I I love <laughs> I love what you brought out because I think that there is a danger in influencers uh to lose conviction in the in the I don't know, in the inspiration. Yeah. Uh, and so they're they're so influential that they just want to keep inspiring because nobody wants to hear, you know, you suck. Uh, nobody yeah. wants nobody wants to hear you need to work harder. You, you're you're not doing your job. Everybody wants to hear, you know, God's got this and there's going to be increase. It's going right. to be great. And so, like, yeah. so often we can take things out of context and and people that are trying to be inspiring. Uh, lose a message of conviction yeah. but she didn't like no. it was it was like look i know the influence that she carries and i know that there's probably pressure on her to say the things that you know put a smile on people's face make people feel good about themselves and yeah. make them want to hear more but instead of doing that kind of message she brought a me- message of conviction yeah uh, and I, I love that i also love i was talking with uh, one of our members kara uh, if you're listening to this, her. Kara, how you doing, Kara? <laughs> um, and so uh, we were talking afterwards, and um, she was just talking about um, how in the the church world, like how important it is for us to remember that there's only one Holy Spirit that's speaking to all of us. Yeah. Uh, and there was just such a beautiful moment that it was like the same Holy Spirit that was telling John what he needed to bring on Friday night was talking to Nona, mm-hmm. telling her what she needed to bring on Saturday night and how beautifully those two yeah. messages mm-hmm. fit together. And like we give so little information to the speakers right. of yeah. what the conference is. We right. give like the reference verse, Revelation 2, uh, 4. You know, that's that's about yeah. it. First love, it's a revival style. We're coming right. to mm-hmm. just come back to our first love. And both of them took that they could have taken it in so many different directions but both of them ended up in this place of it was a message on holiness yeah friday night and saturday night but you've got the perspective of a uh, a white grandfather and 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 a a black entrepreneur like Mm -hmm. and the the perspective of that was just oh so good Mm -hmm. yeah i love the fact that holiness was you know the running theme of the weekend yeah. and mm-hmm. then it was behavior holiness and behavior holiness yeah so behavior holiness from john bevere my personal life and then behavior holiness from a leadership standpoint with nona yeah. like as one of the leaders of this church it made me reflect like how what's my commitment to the the people of this church what's my yeah. commitment to ministry 
outside of me just working for the church. Yeah. yeah. And it was so reflective for me to, to sit and think like, okay, well, man, what, what am I giving to God's kingdom and what he has called me to do and how that relates to my pursuit of holiness and his yeah. presence. Yeah. And, it, and it just hit me. Like I, I got like a, a double whammy of the, the, the action or the behavior in my personal life and in ministry yep. as it relates to my position in God's holiness. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, there was a moment that the moment she said it, I was like, uh, like it, it just pierced through me. I pulled out my phone. I wrote it down immediately, <laughs> but it was, it was just this idea that sometimes you have to offend the person you love uh, yeah. so that you don't offend the God you serve. Yep. Right. And I was like, oh. yeah, <laughs> like we're going to just put mama's, you know, <laughs> rituals yeah. to the Man, side, whatever she's just... doing to keep it holy. Yep. And also one thing um, that when you were talking about influencers, I think sometimes when we're trying to be relatable, we look up and like everything in the Bible is not about you. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so like it's about knowing God. And so like reading everything in the context that like you, it's about you when it's really like, no, this is about God. This is a story about God yeah. and not get that getting lost in empowerment. Yeah. and building up because that's important too but just like don't lose it's like don't mm -hmm. make everything about yeah. you when you're reading scripture yeah. so man that that is that is probably my biggest pet peeve as a as a, a preacher is when christians will take something like the story of david and goliath and then apply it in their life in the sense of they become david and it's like <laughs> yes. the whole point the of the story <laughs> is that jesus is da David is pointing us to right. Jesus. Jesus yeah. is going to slay right. the giants in your life. You're not slaying the giants. <laughs> Stop it. You're not David. You don't need to go get five smooth stones. No, we're, no, no. We're so you need to, to go to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. He's the one killing the giants. We're human, man. Just That's calm it. Do. Calm it down. Like, just settle down. Settle we down. become everybody in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, but no. And, and so we try and talk about the whole eisegesis versus exegesis, yeah. you know, and and all of that stuff. And we're actually going to be doing a, a class in life university uh, next round, I think on biblical interpretation. Mm -hmm. And so we've got some rules and some, some ways to help the average person. Like how do I, awesome. how do I appropriately interpret scripture so that when I'm reading something, I'm not taking it out of context. I'm not trying to put myself into the story in an yeah. inappropriate way. And I think, I think that there's appropriateness yeah. in, you know, how do I identify yeah. myself in this story? Right. Uh, but when, when we lose the point of the story, in trying to make it about us, it yeah. just becomes dangerous. So yeah, we're the superhero in every story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or like, the victim, or the you know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, just because yeah. it's just too much. Yep. Yeah. It's too much. Yep. So and and it really should be more of a okay. What was the lesson that those people had to learn in that moment mm -hmm. that I need to learn? And right. so instead of trying to find myself in the scriptures, I need to find the lesson in the scriptures mm -hmm. that I can apply to my life. Yep. And I think that's just a healthier balance. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's wild. But yeah, I I love also. She was talking about um, the price of God's presence. Yes. yes. She I, opened with I that. I wrote that down. Yes. It's so good. Like you knew, you knew. Like yeah, this is about to be one. Yep. And, so and, and I just mm -hmm. became less worthy. <laughs> <laughs> and, but man, just to remember that there is a price to pay for yeah. God's presence, and and it tied into what John was talking about. What, what did John say about? Um, being able to hear the secret things mm -hmm. yes like to me like her talking about the price that that you pay like yes. the price that you pay is so that you have a relationship where he'll tell you the secret right, things. right. Yeah. Like he'll reveal things to you that he wouldn't reveal to somebody else yeah. because you have 
paid the price. You've yeah. made the sacrifice. You've it's the intimacy that yeah. comes. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a beautiful thing. But how do we do that? Like, so just the, what's the practical takeaway from from Nona's like the price you pay for the presence of God? What do you do? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I got to think about it. You, you, you got us there. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> How do we put into practice the sacrifice? Yeah, of what, so what, I, if, I would, if there's a price to pay, what, what's the price and how do you pay it? Yeah, I th when I think of price, I have to, in order to be able to, I guess, give it clear of what is the sacrifice of his presence mm -hmm. um, to have or obtain mm -hmm. his presence. And so yeah. that thing means um, that I have to continue to like lay down my life mm -hmm. because it's present something she said and i'm trying not to quote it wrong about it being priceless um because it because his presence is priceless you know what i mean like yeah. it, there's no yeah. set value to it so yeah. in order to like approach god yeah. you have to pay yeah I, you I think gotta sacrifice something because yeah. yeah that was that was say. the uh that was the um the the presence of God is not cheap because the power of the presence of God is it's priceless. priceless. Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and the only way that we could do that is paying it with our lives. I mean, we really have to lay down our lives. You mentioned Lord a few times early in this podcast and the, the Lordship factor yeah. is that he's in full control, has full authority over my life, mm -hmm. which means that I have to remove myself. So I have to lay down my life and you know, that's the sacrifice that I need to make. And I have to make that daily, every yeah. moment of my life. I have to understand that my life is no longer mine. It doesn't belong to me anymore. Yeah. Like Jesus paid a price for me. Yeah. And so that's the sacrifice that I have to, yeah. to make. And once I come to that revelation and then act on it, the, the intimacy with God becomes clear to me and it's there. And then I can enter into his presence and, and have those moments where God, where he can start yeah. revealing to me the things that he has for me. Yeah. 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 I think that there has to be uh, an acknowledgement of sin that I, I mm -hmm. think that the, the price that, that we pay and the, and the price maybe that people aren't wanting to pay is they want to be able to have Jesus and their sin at the same mm -hmm. time. Right. And and I, I really do think that this message of holiness <clears throat> is about this idea of like you, you can't be holding on to sin and Jesus at the same time. Like, right. You're going to have to let one of them go. Mm -hmm. And and it should be the sin. Right. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. But uh, I think so many of us are, are afraid to make that kind of sacrifice or. Uh, we think that just because we love him, it'll it'll overshadow, you know, the sin. But, yeah. uh, you know, Paul tells us, you know, do you keep on sinning because of his grace? No, that'd be, that'd be stupid. Like, yeah. I mean, that's literally that's like, I mean, that's that's Paul in modern yeah. day language. Like, so his idiot. grace may abound. No, <laughs> no, absolutely right. not. Yeah, right. exactly. And so I think that there has to be acknowledgement of there's there's a sin issue mm -hmm. in the world. And um, man, I was I was having a conversation with somebody recently where it was like they were admitting that there's a sin in their life that they're just, they're comfortable with, like mm -hmm. they're okay with it. Like it's, it's become part of their identity. And it was like, at some point, like, yeah, you can, yeah. you can love going to church. You can love singing the praise and worship songs. You can even love reading your Bible, but if you still love sin, then mm -hmm. man, there's something missing here. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think there has to be that. And then I, uh, yeah, to echo what you were saying, I think then it's our desires like, mm -hmm. and, and sin and desire aren't always the same thing. I know, I know that a lot of times we tie those things together and our, our desires right. do lead us into sin, but there are some desires that I have in my life that are not sinful, but they're also not what I should be focused mm -hmm. on. 
Yeah. And and so I have to take a, a point in my life where I lay down even my desires, even the the good desires, even the holy desires. Mm. Sure. I, I have to lay those things down um, to really yeah. make Jesus yeah. Lord. Dying to yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. And all those words of sacrifice, dying to yourself, like all that, I feel like for someone who is not a believer or or loves Jesus but doesn't quite, it can feel very oppressive. Yeah. And so it's hard like getting over that hurdle of like it's just so much in order to like walk with God and so um with it with that price I guess being able to get to a place that when Nona is talking about the price of presence she's not saying that everything's going to change your behavior is going to change today but there is say like a price in that it's not oppressive God is not giving us oppression but it can he's definitely applying pressure yeah, yeah. um to it but it's also within a, a setting of his presence being with you you have people around you but i just think a lot of people who don't follow christ feel like christians like live this slave religion kind of thing and so even the word like um slave to christ like it's just too yeah. many things to yeah. do to, in order to feel say loved by god and so it's like this how do we help our generation and those younger than us and even older yeah. than us to understand that it's not a love issue about on the side of Christ loving you. It's a you learning what yeah, yeah. it is to like love Christ and that that's not something easy. Like as easy as this conversation is flowing, it's actually not easy to do this. Right. Yeah, At right. times it feels very stretching. And, and, like, and that doesn't matter if you've been saved for a no. day or for 20 years right like, it's still hard it's hard yeah. you know but you i think you come to the revelation of the freedom that you have in his presence yeah. and the life that he has for you in his presence when you lay down your own life is far greater than the life i could give myself if i completely right. controlled my life yeah. and so laying down my life i'm i'm receiving something that's far greater than anything that i can do in my life right and it's, it's, it's not that I'm looking for a reward or anything for laying down my life, but I know that the promises that Jesus has for me in his presence and, and having that intimate relationship with him gives me so much more in him than I can do for myself. Yeah. And that kind of helps you go through the process of dying to yourself and laying down your life. Yeah. Again, it's, it's, it's not um, easy. It's very difficult because we are human. We live in our flesh. We live our everyday lives. We have desires of the things that we can see, smell, touch, taste. But we have to get to the place where we're just temporarily here on earth in these bodies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that the life that Jesus wants for us and has for us is far greater than we can do for ourselves. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, and I think people are afraid of that, that word slave. Mm -hmm. uh, but honestly, I think the best way I can describe it is um, this slave... Uh, process is second first we love mm. then we become and yeah. so it's a res, it's a reaction to how great of a love that we have mm -hmm. in the same exact way yeah, that if you were to say i'm a slave to my wife i wouldn't have a problem with that <laughs> right in the sense of i would do anything for her <clears throat> right that that my love for her is so great that i 
if she needs me to clean the kitchen, I'll clean the kitchen. If she needs it's me almost to, pleasure to right. be a slave. And it's it's right. like, man, I, I love this woman so much that I I would do anything mm-hmm. that she needed and required. And also I would I would avoid and I would run from anything that would hurt her yeah. or damage our relationship mm-hmm. or any of that. And so if 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 that's your mentality of being yeah. a slave, then yeah. Yeah. I'm, you hear that, Pastor Soul? <laughs> take, take advantage. <laughs> I, you got it, babe. I got you. I got you. Uh, but yeah, so I I think that we we need to really understand what it means to be a, a slave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it this is not a negative. And yes, the American history and culture. I get it, man. There's a lot of stuff in the past that sours everyone's thought of mm-hmm. what it means to be a slave. But biblically speaking, we are slaves to Christ because we love Him so much. Yep. That we wouldn't want to do anything out of line and we would do anything that he asked us to do. Right. That, sure. Yeah. All right. And that's why I love and I love this what this podcast is doing. And since we're talking about Nona, that kind of when you have people that know how to be, I guess, relatable to their audience, mm-hmm. you know, then you have one someone also can see, okay, this person per se looks like me, they relate to me. Um and so then my heart is kind of open yeah. to listen and to hear what they have to say. And so I think that's why it's important, even since I think last week or th- during the fast, we were talking about ambassadors. Yeah. So I'm like, she is being an ambassador where she goes, um, but how her approach is um, in these places that she goes. Well, also now you've opened up a door for someone to see what yeah. sacrifice looks like. And so when you think, when you hear slave, you know, slave to Jesus or like it's so oppressive or like Christians are born, yeah, like whatever the thing joy. is, like yeah, you get yeah. to see someone in action living this free life yeah. through Christ that they became like this slave to Jesus. But yeah. it's a joy yep. because they're free from it. Yeah. So I love it. Kingdom upside down, you yep. know, right side up it. kind of situation. But yep. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, we got one last uh, sermon to look at. Dan, Dan Leanne. Mm-hmm. Can I just say I love that man? Yeah. Uh, there's just great. there's something about Dan that, mm-hmm. that he walks into the building. He he walks in my office and it's just like it's a long lost brother. You know, mm. our swollen <laughs> our swollen Asian uh, Australian like <laughs> the gospel ninja himself. Uh, he is such a unique individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's. Uh, I was telling somebody like when, when he comes and speaks, it doesn't feel like a guest speaker. Mm. Like it really just feels like one of our pastors because of the love that he has for our church. Um, yeah. You know, he, the the fact that he brought his wife over and like, he just kept telling her like, see, this is, this is what I've been telling you about. Like you gotta <laughs> love this place. And she's like, it's phenomenal. I love it. Uh, but it was just, there's something genuine, but the, the message that he brings every time he's here is just, it's, it's like, I needed that. Right. Like, thank you. Right. But he packages in such a way that, like, when you ask my kids who their favorite speaker of the weekend was, it's Dan Leanne. Like, because <laughs> there's something about the humor and the engagement and the yeah. illustrations yeah. and everything that he does, it just draws uh, people in. And so they're like, "Yeah, John was cool. Nona was cool. Yeah. They're like, you're my dad, so you don't count. But Dan, <laughs> Dan's my favorite. Dan, Dan's awesome. Yeah, Dan so. just comes down on the steps and just talks to us. Yeah. 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 With his hey, messed up feet. Yeah, his messed up feet. <laughs> pulls Dan. a scripture that we've read a million times mm-hmm. and yep. just walks us through it in our life. Yep. And it was just a blessing. Yeah. It was so amazing. Yep. It's like, man, yep. running this race, yeah. like unpacking that for yep. 35 minutes and just, yeah. it, it just hit me The hard. fact that I know that it's 28,835. 
yeah. days. Yes. Like, like yeah. he he came with one purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came to tell us that you have a set number of days of your yeah. life. Yeah. Don't waste them. Right. And like the moment, I mean, I what was that? Two minutes into his message, and he's like, "Here's how many days. Don't waste them." And I was like, "Okay." Like, right. I'm, you're done. That's like, all that's all yeah. I needed. Like, I just needed you to just mm-hmm. remind me that our days are numbered and we need to, to do something about them. And I, like, I had just quoted the scripture the, the day before of make the most of every opportunity. Mm-hmm. And the whole yeah. time he's talking about these days, I'm like, oh, I need to make yeah. the most of these days. Yeah. Once you think, start seeing. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, but once you start using the word days, it's, it really helps you to see, you know, day like what are you doing with your 24 hours like today what are you doing with your days and he repeatedly said that which i think was just very prophetic that people needed to hear over and over again that say if i have i don't know twenty thousand, twenty thousand more days Mm -hmm. like what am i doing and what have i been doing with my days like in this simple practical way that i can I can actually measure. So from Sunday, today's Monday. So yes, yesterday. So from Sunday to now, I can actually measure yep. if I'm looking at it that way, that this is what I did with Monday and so on and so on to be held, to hold myself accountable yep. for that and be held, allow the Lord to like hold me accountable too. So yep. yeah, yeah, I look at my life like, how many summers do I have left? I got 40 <laughs> summers left. Okay, yeah. so what am I doing, right? In the summertime. But yeah, but it's like, <laughs> but that's a selfish thought. Like, mm-hmm. man, I got to make the most of these summers for myself. <laughs> yep. But when Dan breaks it down, it's the days for the kingdom. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. It just, it wrecks you. It's like, wait a minute, I've been, I've been counting summers for myself. Right. Like, how many summers I have left? It's like, no, how many days do I have left mm-hmm. to dedicate myself to God and the will that he has yep. for me? and for his kingdom and at that point it's like okay god i'm sorry that i've lived my life for myself all this time like up to this point yeah the twelve thousand or fourteen thousand days that i've lived so far it's like god i'm sorry yeah like i promise (laughs) i'll give you the next fourteen thousand i'll do do better better. i'll do better i'll do better better. (laughs) yeah it's like you just get a a moment there it's like man i've been like man what did i do yesterday i did everything for me right what did Mm -hmm. i do the 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 day before yesterday i did everything for me right how many mm-hmm. days is that up to? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You keep going back. It's like, okay, well, I did serve day last year. Okay, so that was one day for God. <laughs> but then you really start thinking about it, and it's like, I should be living my life kingdom yeah. living. I should be living yeah. my life for the kingdom. I'm an ambassador of God. I'm supposed to be representing Jesus. Am I doing that every day? Every day. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember years ago I heard Reggie Joyner do a message where he talked about um, the time we have with our kids. And he used marbles in this this glass jar. And I think each marble, I forget now, it was it either represented one week or one month that you had with your kids. And like he had all these different jars on there and it was like, okay, this is how much time you have with your kid if they're one year old. Uh, this is how much time you have with your kid if they're, you know, ten years old. And I'm I'm looking at that and I'm thinking about my kids and I'm thinking about the time that I have with them and it, it just it wrecked me in that moment of like how limited the time that we really have is. Yeah. But to to then put it into the concept of days just Mm -hmm. how many days do i have for what god put me on this earth to accomplish yeah and the challenge that dan had for us was no wasted days and no stolen days yeah um and man that that convicted me so much because it's like Mm -hmm. you know we're always thinking hey what are you gonna do for your day off like uh, what are you you doing on your day off and it's it's just like man to live my life in a way where 
even on my day off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not a day off from the kingdom. It's not a day right. off from my relationship with God. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I may be on vacation, but I'm still going to read my Bible because right. it's still a day that God can speak to me. Yeah. Um, and so just no wasted days and no stolen days. And I, I think, honestly, if, if I had to assess my life, I think I'm probably more guilty of wasted days than stolen days. I don't I don't know how often, you know, the enemy is able to just rob me of a day. It probably mm-hmm. still happens. There's probably days where, like, I wake up bitter and upset about something yeah. and I lose the day and it. It was not that I wasted it, but it's that the enemy planted a seed and he robbed me of that day. But I think more often than not, I'll get to the end of the day and I'm like, man, what did I do today? Yeah. Yeah. For for the kingdom, for God, as an ambassador. I'd be so eternity focused. Like, I want to get to eternity so bad. Like, (laughs) you mention this often. I just want to get to heaven. Because you had a dream where you discovered that Jesus (laughs) was Jewish. (laughs) Exactly. I want to get to heaven so bad. I forget that I have a job to do on earth. (laughs) Yes. And it's not just about me getting to eternity. It's about me doing the work of the kingdom here on earth. So everybody that I can contact, come in contact with can experience the love of Jesus and they can have an opportunity to go to eternity. Like I I had to realize, like, I don't want to be in eternity by myself. (laughs) I want all my loved ones, all my friends, strangers, any of my neighbors, anybody that I come in contact with. So I really got to live my life. And with a heart that God has work for me to do mm-hmm. on earth. And I, I can't bypass that as much yeah. as I want to. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, so those those wasted days, abs- absolutely, way more wasted days. And then for someone to hear that, hopefully it was convicting, but then not condemning. Yeah, you yeah. know, so yeah. say if someone um, was in their 60s or 70s. I remember we did like a leadership retreat or something somewhere and I was sitting next to someone um and just I never really had a real conversation so just being extroverted also like pinching myself to talk to people well, I don't we, really we know. can't relate to that yeah. at all <laughs> so what is that like extroverted <laughs> right. talking to people. um but just kind of to get to know them more and just their background so they were sharing their background of what they previous previously did and now they were retired but I could tell how they were talking was that they were remorseful for how their past was because they did not steward. Say this time, like I almost like maybe everything wasn't handled as, as well as it should have been. So this, like, I wish I would have, I had the opportunity to do way more than what I did. And I was kind of like looking out for myself and and there wasn't enough relationship there to say, Hey, I need you to like, let this past go mm-hmm. of how like man I didn't reach out to people I was this yeah. I was not a Christian all these different things that you're holding yourself to um but now seeing this like as now I'm devoted to Christ but also not like looking at the past that like I've missed like my whole life yeah, yeah. um and and now what's left and yep. so I guess what's something that would be encouraging to someone that maybe in their latter years yeah. that could be feeling like I've wasted. So yeah. w- w- you and I had a conversation like this about someone that we know. Um, and the conversation kind of went to the things that this person did in their life and following Christ was had major impact on the on the children behind this person. Mm-hmm. And it's like this person's the, the generations that come after this person is in church now because of this person. They mm-hmm. know they have a, a, a relationship with Jesus because of this person. And so this person's older, 
but the impact that they've had in their life and in their children's lives and their grandchildren's lives is because they've been following Jesus this entire time. Mm. Yeah. Everything may not be exactly how we want it to be in our lives, but the fact that we're following Christ, somebody's watching our life. Yeah. Somebody's following us. Somebody's understanding like that we have a relationship with Jesus and it creates curiosity in them. They start going to church and then their lives are impacted and we don't know what the fruit of that could be in the future. Yeah. Yeah, so I've had to deal with that that regret piece uh, a bunch in my life. So, you know, I've told the story before of a kid in, in high school with me that uh, committed suicide. And it was we sat at a table like this. There was four of us and sat with them every single day. We talked about girls and sports mm-hmm. and weather and all kinds of stuff. But we never talked about the gospel. We never talked about the hope that we have in Jesus. Never talked about any of that stuff. Spring break happens. He commits suicide over spring mm-hmm. break, comes back, and it just it, it wrecked me. And it, part of what wrecked me is I, I went through my entire four years of high school with nobody knowing that I was a preacher's kid, let alone a Christian. Mm-hmm. And like as an adult looking back on that time, it's like, man, I had more opportunity in high school to, to communicate and to connect with the lost than I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah than I will ever have in my entire mm. life. Cause it's like, I went to a really big school and it was every day I'm with these kids that need Jesus. Uh, and so for a long time, I, I had a lot of just, I was beating myself up over it. Yeah. There's a lot of regret. There's a lot of remorse uh, until I finally uh, kind of came to this um, realization. I don't know if the Holy spirit spoke to me or where I got it from, but it was just came to this place where I realized that the, the most important day is today. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. because I can't, I can't change yesterday. I, no, I, you can't. I've already lost it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's already gone. Good, bad, medium, mm-hmm. whatever it's, it's done. I can't, I can't roll back the right. clock. Um, and sometimes we get so focused on the future and tomorrow and we get anxiety over things or we get plans going, but we, we don't live in the moment. Uh, yeah. and I think that that's why one of my favorite verses, Ephesians five fifteen sixteen, make the most of every opportunity. It's it's today is what what matters, and yeah. so uh, today is the day that that I'm going to do whatever it is that God has me to do, and I'm going to get to the end of the day, and then I'm going to say, okay, yeah. one one more, okay, mm-hmm. and wake up the next day, and we're going to do it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But the most important day is always today. I thank God we're redeemed. Because in high school and in my young adult life, people Hallelujah. knew that I was Thank a Christian. Jesus. They also knew I was a heathen. <laughs> so I was not a, exactly the a good heathen. witness. <laughs> like they knew I was a Christian, and they knew and I was a heathen. <laughs> so I thank God that we've been redeemed, and I have a yeah. second chance. I can live my life today forward for Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Dan, Dan said so much great stuff. The just the breakdown of running your race. Don't yeah. worry about running somebody else's race. Don't worry about what race they're running. Yeah, I think so often we look at other people's race and they're like, that race is way easier than mine, or that race is way right. more exciting yeah. than mine, or that their race has an audience of ten million people. Right. My race is like my dad's in the stands going, "You can do it, son!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like, and so we get so jealous of other people's races, but it's just run the race that God gave you to right. run. Yeah, uh, don't give up. I, I love the just the keep the faith. All mm-hmm. all of it was just it was a fanta- yeah. fantastic message, but. The thing I got to take from it is uh, today matters. Yeah. Do something with it. That comparison thing, it's almost you would waste. That's how you can waste your days. A lot of days are wasted because we're comparing someone else's days to our days. And so it's not just church culture, but just our society is like we want people. We want to be measured to people who say are great. 
that are that have this great influence and so then i think um people would say like what happened to like it being okay to just be blue collar like everyone Mm. doesn't need to be a leader everyone Mm. doesn't need to be an entrepreneur like Mm. those different things but be like you take care of your family your family is good and i think that also plays into church and how we are as christians that we're always maybe comparing ourselves to like these big people when clearly the bible is only 66 books and you're hearing these phenomenal stories of people great but there are clearly millions and millions of people that are not kings um and are not but like if you if you spend that time comparing you're definitely gonna waste your time because you don't think that you add up yeah and you you have to trust that the one who created the race knows what he's doing right Uh, and and just you know even if i don't see the the glory in this race the heavenly father that that i love that i trust with my life said this is the race i'm supposed to run Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna run it and and one of the coolest stories i i remember from for like that helps with that uh we had a missions partner uh kale dixon Mm -hmm. remember kale dixon so uh from where uh so where was he in africa so was it it wasn't kenya Mm -hmm. Uh, uganda no Maybe. I don't know. Anyways, okay. Kale Dixon, somewhere in go. Africa. Okay. Uh, we should totally know that because he was a partner for like years and years and years. Uh, going to get us. Here. Yeah, my dad's going to be so <laughs> mad that I forgot where Kale Dixon is from. He's in Texas after this. Uh, but uh, what I love is his story is, so Kale Dixon was like doing conferences all over Africa, planted hundreds of churches, like just doing incredible work in the ministry. But how Kale Dixon got saved was a missionary team came to his school when he was a little boy. Mm-hmm. presented the gospel to this entire school. Mm-hmm. Kale Dixon was the only kid in the school that responded. And the thought that I've always had is that team probably went home feeling like failures. Right. right. They're like, right. all we did was get one little boy to love Jesus. But that one little boy they got to get love Jesus has literally led thousands yeah. into the People kingdom. And it's like, man, don't just run your race. Right. Trust, trust the one that put the boundaries, trust the one that, that set it up. Because, you know, you had an incredible impact that you won't know about until heaven. Right. And so you, you may feel like, man, all I did was tell tell my coworker about Jesus. Well, man, maybe that one moment all of a sudden changed their life. It changed their kids' lives. Mm-hmm. Their kids go on to do things that changes others' lives. And, yeah. like, you just you, – you have no idea the impact that you right. make. Right. Just – so don't worry about it. Like, yeah. just run your race. Like, right. do what God tells you to do when he tells you to do it. Yep. Got to trust that you're planting a seed and you're not always watering. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. We yeah, always yeah. want to water. We always yeah. want to yeah. see the whole. We want to see the fruit we come off yeah. our place. In it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. we're just digging the hole. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's hard work. Yeah. We don't see the fruit. Right. We don't get to taste it, but it's still an important part. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. All right, that was first love. Well, I guess we, you know, we closed out on Sunday night with a uh, worship prophetic. Yeah, I'm uh, like, hold on, I'm a worship uh, leader. We're going to talk <laughs> yeah, about Dwayne. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was just about to say, if you don't know Dwayne Crocker Jr., you need to get to know him because that boy. Uh, yeah, it was fresh, man. I, yeah. Clearly, he has a gift uh, for singing. His his vocal ability is fantastic, but that's not even the thing that I care about because everybody can sing. Mm-hmm. Not everybody. I can't sing. Great. Anybody can sing. <laughs> what Dwayne can do is lead people into the presence of God. Right. Really? There was yeah. such an authenticity to him. It was his love for God was the thing that was pouring off of the stage. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, his vocals were on point, but mm-hmm. it was, it was that it was like, yeah. okay, this guy is worshiping and he's bringing mm-hmm. us into the moment. Yeah. He, and he read scripture. And, yeah. Uh, for me, a worship right. leader that knows how to read the yes, Bible. Yeah. just Dwayne. Thank just you. Just stop <laughs> everything. 
Yeah. Stop music, everything, and just read the just Bible. Let me just read the Bible but he, slowly he, and deeply. He led us into worship. You know, he worshiped with us. And then there was a moment where he just had the congregation yeah. worship. Yeah. Yeah. And there was there was nothing coming from a lead on stage. And no. I thought it was beautiful. Like he led us into worship. He worshiped with us and then allowed the congregation to worship. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I was like, process. man, this is amazing. Yeah. And there was no lyrics on the screen. It was nothing. The congregation was just pouring out their heart mm-hmm. and worship. And and that was amazing. Yeah. Because it was wasn't a fantastic. performance at that point. It yeah. was, you know, corporate worship. And it was No, great. we didn't come for a concert. No. Right. It was, it yeah. was worship. It was it was fantastic. Yeah. And then yeah. of course Dennis Kramer comes out and slaps people around yeah. and uh, <laughs> literally and figuratively and yes. uh man, I've I've been around a lot of prophets. Uh I think Denny's still still my favorite prophet there's just an accuracy to him a humility to him a gentleness mm-hmm. to him even in the craziness yeah. mm-hmm. uh, of the prophetic ministry which and teaches what prophetic is yeah. and what's happening As in the moment yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. and what certain terms mean right and- yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. And as as the pastor sitting on the front row, I don't know everybody's story, but I, I knew a lot of the people's stories and, and I can just say like accurate. Oh, yeah, right? absolutely. You yeah. know, he'd start talking to somebody. And I'm like, dude, you, when he started prophesying over um, uh, uh, Tracy, mm-hmm. it was Tracy started prophesying over and and. All night long, he didn't use any kind of medical language whatsoever. <laughs> then he starts <laughs> prophesying, <laughs> prophesying over Tracy, and everything everything coming out of his mouth was like medical language. Mm-hmm. He, he has no woke. idea that she's a nurse <laughs> that, that works in the surgical department. Right. That's like he was speaking the language right. she could understand. Right. Yeah. He has no idea. No. And for a lot of people, you know, it was encouraging to let people know that God sees yes. your trauma, that mm-hmm. he saw you know, maybe how you were raised or the circumstances that you're going through now. And then there's encouragement that comes from that, that God has something for them, that yeah. there's something that, that they've gone through, they're yeah. coming out of, and then that God has a plan for them moving forward. Yep. Because you could get a, a prophetic word that's like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna get a paycheck in the mail next week. But it's like, but you know, I, this this thing that I went through, this trauma that I had, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, this hardship that I, that I had gone through, for someone to come and tell me that, that God sees that and it was for a purpose and you're going to come out of it stronger yep. and you've built character and endurance and then there's mm-hmm. hope. Yeah. Like that was so encouraging for me. I, to, I think for me, uh, prophecy is uh, it's supposed to be a reminder. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be a reminder of the sovereignty of God and the love of God. Yeah. And that's the I, to me, that's the purpose of prophecy, that it is to remind people that have just gone through something horrific or horrible or trying or challenging or whatever. It's a reminder that like, even though you're, you've been going through that, God's still sovereign. Mm -hmm. God still loves you. He sees what you've gone through or, and this is where honestly I'm sitting on the front row going, please don't prophesy over me. Please don't prophesy over me. Please don't (laughs) prophesy over me. Every time I'm around a prophet, because from my experience, it's a reminder of God's sovereignty and his love before you go into a very difficult or trying season so that you have something to hold on to. (laughs) So often that would happen uh, in, in old Testament, Testament. you know, God would give a prophetic (laughs) word. I said, I want to be a prophet in the old Testament. (laughs) Give the prophecy to, to Israel. That's basically like, you're about to go into 40 years of bondage and slavery and you know, there's a famine in the land and it, right. life is going to be awful but then it'll end with but the lord but will, the be, lord with will you. be with you and, <laughs> yes. and it's like well thanks buddy that's so encouraging but it really it really prophecy should be a reminder of the sovereignty and the love of god mm-hmm. so yeah. that's my take that's awesome so if you got a prophetic word uh sunday night 
you know, be encouraged. Yeah. Also, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's be a wild ride. <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts uh, before we close out this? Uh, probably the officially the longest podcast uh, uh, history. I think so. Well, the, here's the thing. It's whenever Carlton's on the podcast, it's, it's the longest podcast awesome. ever. <laughs> but any any kind of closing thoughts uh, from the entire weekend? Any of the, anything that happened? I I just think that this is so great for our church. Um, you know, we we need this every year. Yeah. Uh, a fresh word from God and seeing how the Holy Spirit orchestrates these sermons and the prophetic word and the worship. Uh, so that we can get closer to him. Yeah. Like, it's so refreshing to know that God is fully engaged in our church and fully engaged in our lives in this big way. Like, yeah, yeah. for him to, for God just to to lay out a plan for us in this way. The the, the strategy of how the Holy Spirit put this whole weekend together Man. was so good for us. And yeah. uh, I can't yeah. wait till we do it again next year. Yeah, and the crazy thing, behind the scenes, like, nobody knows, but, like, we we had so many cancellations oh of who our speakers were supposed to we're be, to and the like wire. we were like, man, is first love just gonna be the worst first love ever? Because like, <laughs> turn out to be one of worst those best. Everybody's a no, and we can't get anybody to come through, and and all of this <clears throat> yeah. challenges. And then it was like, no, this is exactly what God we wanted. We got heavy hitters that we would not have gotten or weren't supposed we to try for. If you wouldn't have tried, tried yeah. for, yeah, mm -hmm. the Holy yeah. Spirit knew exactly what we needed. Yeah. yeah, and for me, it's not even just that they're they're people that are nationally known and world renowned and all that, but it's they had a message that God needed our people to hear. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's that's what is so encouraging to me. Yeah, yeah I would say with this weekend, I, I don't let it go for just this weekend. Yeah, and so with the conference, I love the expectation that happens in the room. People come early. Yep. It's hard to find parking, all those different things, whether as a pastor, as a worship leader, as a, it's so easy when people's hearts are expectant. Yeah. And so my hope always is in prayer is that let this go back. Let this, if you need to like a, write a memorial stone or journal, let this be the founding place that you go back to all year. Yeah. Because if you don't, then you will forget. And so let it be that That's marker. But don't like let it in here and so like my prayer even specifically for our church keep coming early yeah, yeah. keep coming you know say with, with this part of expectation yeah. and so our next big thing that we'll have and be celebrating is easter what did you learn in first love you learned god's holiness yeah. carry that on as yeah, we're yeah. going into easter season and mm. then the, whatever the case may be within your life like god mm. does not bring transformation for weekends like it's because he's wanting yeah. you to do something past yeah. this so if you got filled um with the gift of the holy spirit and like receive tongues or like if the lord spoke something to you all these strength like it's always yeah. to like do something with yeah. it and so it's like if you don't do anything with it then you're going to be excited yeah. for that free refill 2025 and so yeah yeah 2025 guest speaker tiffany hines Come on now. <laughs> that was good. But guest speaker implies that she leaves CLC oh, between now right. no, so no, 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 no guest speaker. No guest speaker. No, no so guest. You gotta package speaker. that and sell it. That was amazing. No, it's it, it is awesome. It is it is the point of everything. Like it's it's not about the weekend. No. It's about what God has done in your life right. that will continue uh, moving forward. So what we what we learned over first love is uh, holiness is important. 
Absolutely. We need to have, we need to be holy. Behavior. Drift things. happens. Yeah. We need an yeah. anchor so we don't drift. Absolutely. Uh, we learn from, from Nona. What, what do we learn? We learn that um, there is a price, price to pay for the presence of yes. God. Uh, Dan Leanne told us to count our days and count make the days, most of that. Yeah. Don't run let it run a good race. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then we close it out with some prophetic words from God. Mm. And so take those lessons, run with them. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be awesome. Cool. It was good. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Let's do it again. We're, we are going to do it again. Next week's going to be interesting because uh, we are starting a series on relationships. But uh, I figured that we had, what, four or five sermons uh, over this weekend. So we can go about three or four weeks without getting a sermon. <laughs> um, and so actually for the next three weeks, we're not preaching a sermon. Instead, yeah. we're going to have a conversation. Conversation. Uh, and so we're going to have different people uh, on the stage talking about relationship from different perspectives. Uh, what makes a good marriage uh, good? We're gonna talk about what to do in a bad marriage when there's conflict. when there's conflict, yeah. when there's issues in the marriage, and then uh, we're gonna be talking about what do you do when you're not married, uh, but you'd like to be. Right. Uh, and so those are the three conversations we're gonna have over the next three weeks. I think it's gonna be good. So hopefully awesome. you will check us out for those either on a Sunday for the service or uh, during the week for the podcast. But we would love to see you either place. Love y'all. Thanks for hanging out. See you next time. <laughs>